Well, happy Thursday, everybody. Amy here. And just out of the gate, I'm going to let you know that today's episode is going to look a little bit different. I don't have my typical theme song happening because I have something even better. I have my friend Brittany here who's going to open us up with a little bit of music and then I'll get into what we're going to cover on today's episode and I'll just tell you that it it has to do with the awakening that's happening in our country right now and I look forward to you hearing every part of this episode that you so that you can feel uh, equipped and empowered to be the change and be a part of something bigger and we're all learning and unlearning so much right now uh, but I definitely want to start with uh, Brittany playing us a little something so Brittany do you want to share with everybody what you're going to sing real quick yeah I um I'm going to sing lift every voice and sing um it was actually performed for the first time by uh 500 school children um song that was originally a poem by James Weldon and it's uh considered the black national anthem and I'm really uh, I'm really proud every time I sing it so I'm gonna sing it now lift every voice and sing to earth and divinely ring with the harmonies of liberty let our rejoicing rise high as the listening sky let us march on Till victory is won. Thank you, Brittany. Uh, Brittany is actually going to be joining me as one of my things today. We're going to walk you guys through what a conversation looks like with a person of color. If you have someone in your life that you know you need to reach out to, to tell them, I, I, I don't understand what you're going through but I want you to know that I'm with you. And it's not lost on me that for some of you, this is very new and it might be a tough conversation to have, but Brittany and I just had that phone call last night and we're gonna share with y'all a little bit about what we talked about and just give y'all the encouragement that you need uh, to do it. And you know, Brittany has some really great advice. Then also today I have Dr. Beverly Tatum on and she's a psychologist that's widely known for both her expertise on race relations and as a thought leader in higher education. And I actually posted her book on my Instagram the other night because once I found out I was interviewing her, I thought, oh my goodness, I need to start reading her book. I had had a few other books that I had started, but I put those down to engage in hers. And I'm so glad that I did. And it's called Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? And other conversations about race. I encourage you guys to download that or get it if you can. Or she has an awesome TEDx talk that she did uh, 
for TEDx Stanford that you can check out. It's about a 10-minute TEDx, and it's really, really good. But you'll hear her on today's episode, and I, I hope you'll check out some of her work after that. And then another thing today is going to be uh, the pastor of my church, Pastor Matt Smallbone, and we're going to discuss mostly white privilege. Uh, we talk about a few other things, but sometimes, or I know for some people, it might be hard right now to realize, oh, shoot, well, I have white privilege and we'll talk you through that and know that you're not alone. If you're just now discovering your privilege, that's amazing. You're discovering it and you're headed in the right direction. And we're all trying to navigate this territory. For some of us, it's completely new and unknown. And I'm just thankful for the people that I have on today's episode that are going to help get us uh, going in that the direction that we need to be going. And then lastly, the fourth thing I'm going to cover is just some self-care tips for everybody. My friend Lisa sent out an email about it and I just am going to be sharing with y'all some tips she put out there because there's so much heaviness right now. And I think in order to keep our bodies and our minds prepared for all the information we're, we're learning or unlearning or in the ways we want to show up and be there for people, if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we are not going to be any good to anybody else. So with that said, that is today's episode and we'll go ahead and get started. First faith. I asked the pastor of our church, Church of the City, Matt Smallbone. Hey. What is up? <laughs> I asked him to come by and, and chat with us for this episode because on Sunday, you know, I don't know how early y'all plan messages or if you kind of had to, I mean, I certainly did this week's episode. I had to pivot and realized I had another episode planned, but I had to scratch it and do what I thought was right for the moment. And that was this. And before church started, you kind of came on, and this is all virtual, of course, we're watching church on YouTube, but you came on and had a special message at the beginning because it's obviously you couldn't ignore what's happening. Yeah, so we've been filming church sometimes two weeks before we've had it. So this, this week was one of those weeks where we had to pivot. It was pretty clear uh, from time to time something comes up that kind of impacts the, the national zeitgeist that is important that we chat about things. That service had actually been pre-recorded two weeks earlier. And so uh, Friday night, I found myself just trying to write something. I mean, it, this, this is hard. I'm, I'm an immigrant from Australia. I feel the weight of Dr. King's words, if you've ever read his prison letters about just the unavailability of, of white pastors in the, in the South to, to kind of join uh, the movement, the civil rights movement. That, that, those, those words are haunting to me that uh, in our time that I would, I would be someone, you know, a white person uh, of considerable privilege, though, though an immigrant, that I'd sit on the sidelines. So I, I sit with my laptop and research and, and just try and, try and understand who our people are. I mean, we, you know our church, we've got some really, there's some really kind, sophisticated thought around issues of race uh, among, among our people. And so you're just trying to meet people uh, where, where they are. And, and I really labor over those words. It actually caused me a lot of anxiety. Getting, getting that words right, because words are powerful. Uh, when you are gifted the responsibility of a microphone, they're even, they're even more powerful. And um, you know, I have many friends of, of color, all of whom are hurting tremendously. And uh, I think I, I mostly have them in mind as I work on being brave and just putting in the extra work to, to get the messaging right. I think it's time for people to 
to speak up and we can't be silent about it anymore. And so you addressing that at the beginning of church, you know, we had our kids sitting there with us and we had to pause it because you were in the middle of talking about what had been happening and our kids, we had shielded them from the news because that's, it's brutal. They don't, we need to discuss things with them, but also it's hard for us. And we've known since our interracial adoption training, okay, you're white, your kids are black. There's no way you're ever going to understand things they're going to experience when they are older. It's terrifying for you. So I'm thinking through you guys as as I'm writing these things, just just trying to be helpful. Well, Stevenson right away, and we had to pause it because we wanted to hear everything you had to say and we didn't want to miss it. So we paused it and we, they started, Stashir and Stevenson were asking questions and we explained some things and Stevenson just with all the conviction in the world was like, wait a second. I do not understand. God made us equal. Yeah. And he had his hands in the air like equal. <laughs> and he was very passionate about it. And I thought, you know what? You're right. And, and, I, and I know that, that parents in particular, these horrible stories that, that, that keep surfacing of um, violence t- towards people of, of color is, is unacceptable. Part of being a Christian is being patient and kind, but I mean, that's truly what love is. Paul defined it as that patient and kind, but the biblical definition of patience has so much teeth to it. I think we've changed that word to mean like Christians should be nice or something, but biblical patience, when you study uh, the Greek, it's actually about being able to stay under the weight of pressure and, and be able to handle difficult things for a longer amount of time be kind of before you explode in anger. And so I think in this moment, Christians have been called in particular to not just kind of champ out and retreat from the pressure of this, but to fully engage and, and be willing to shoulder it, especially uh, those of us with white skin to kind of be protectors. You know, love is patient and kind. It also protects as well to be protectors uh, of, of those uh, who need it uh, in, in this moment, be, be truly global neighbors. Um, I, I want to be, you know, super clear. I'm not an expert on this. You know, psychologists talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is, you know, the more you know about something, uh, the more you understand that you lack the knowledge. So it's sort of like rookies at anything oh, really yeah. believe they're geniuses at stuff. And it's, and it's not until you've really put in the hours. And so I'm a good five to 10 years uh, into researching you know, issues of race. What does it mean for us in East Nashville to be responsible neighbors in a rapidly gentrifying neighborhood? Like, what does that actually look like? It's a really, really complicated question. And then, so we, we're just trying to you know, at, at the very least, I think, and I, and I know this is difficult for some people, but I think we need to acknowledge some privilege. Those of us with white skin that we experience. I, I remember we, uh, we hosted a, a panel one, one MLK Sunday. I don't know if you were there uh, yet that year, but Dr. Leslie Collins from Fisk University looked at me and asked me this question. She said, what's it like to be white? We, we started talking about privilege and she said, well, I've got a question for you. She said, what's it like to be white? I had no answer for it. I'd never thought about it before. I, and, and I said, I'm not sure if I've ever thought about it. And she goes, well, that's, that's the privilege of that. And um, I think people think one of the reasons the idea of white privilege is hard for people is because they think it means it's, a, it's an assumption that white people don't have a hard life. And that's, that's just not true. Um, everybody's had a hard life. The idea of privilege means that your skin color hasn't made your life kind of any, any more difficult. And so I, I think, you know, as a starting point, and I have smart friends who would say you don't want to hang any kind of intellectual argument on the idea of white privilege. But for me, it was, it was a starting point because I didn't consider, didn't think about things like privilege in, in my 20s. I just enjoyed the privilege of it. 
I know, I know you'll have listeners who will think it's probably not a thing, but here's how I think about it. I, I think it is either a thing or every person of color has this kind of secret email server where they've communicated with each other, say, hey, let's tell these stories. Let's make up these stories about how we get stopped by the police all the time and how when we're teaching our kids how to drive, we, we, the first thing we teach them is how to put their hands on the steering wheel. I think this is either the most incredibly well-organized messaging coup by people of color to, to make this stuff up or every single um, person of color friend of mine shares these stories of, of a life uh, of disadvantage that I've, I've never had. I, I was chatting with a country music mate of mine uh, yesterday. His, his band is mostly white guys, but, but one, of their, one of their players, their drummer, is, is a black dude. And the way bus call works for, for folks outside of Nashville, basically your bus pulls up at the nearest Kroger to wherever the biggest yeah. star in the band <laughs> lives. And uh, everyone piles on. It's usually at midnight because you're heading to Sheboygan or, or somewhere. And um, they, they noticed that their drummer was always getting there 20 minutes early. So bus call at midnight, random Kroger, which is a supermarket chain in Tennessee. Is that America wide? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's Kroger's around. Kroger yeah. or Walmart. So insert any grocery store. Right. Yeah, H-E-B, yeah. shout so, out. Yeah, if you ever want to meet someone famous, hang out at Kroger parking <laughs> lots at midnight Kroger. and see who's on the bus. <laughs> yeah. But his, his drum would show up early dressed kind of business casual you know wearing wearing a college shirt and and you know everyone else shows up ready just to sleep wearing their you know their bus pajamas which is like tracksuits or something and they eventually asked him like why why do you why are you dressed so well for bus call and they said well I've, I've got to imagine i might get i need time i need to buffer in this is how he thinks i need to buffer in time in case i get pulled over and i also need to look kind of like a professional so that i'll, I'll be able to get here uh, in case I get pulled over, and th- those are those are things I've never had 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 to worry about, and and the stories are just consistent. I, I I just hope people will take this cultural moment that we're in to listen to people. If all of this seems crazy and insane, I just encourage you to take a couple of years um, to diversify your friendships and and listen to stories, and you'll see you just see the sad consistency of, of disadvantages that people of color uh, are feeling. And, and, then, and then learn, you know, there's tons of reading you need to do. I know you've got other experts better at this than me uh, on this topic, but, but learn. I think as Christians, the spiritual response is to lament. Connect your heart to this, you know, realign our hearts. Say you had someone that came to him and was like, I don't know, I'm still wrestling with this idea of white privilege. Like I've, mm-hmm. yeah, again, like you said, I've had X, Y, and Z happen to me. Yeah. I, and and there's say? some very real concerns. Like, have you ever read Hell, Hillbilly Elegy? No. It's, it's, I've heard of it, though. It's a fascinating should, book yeah. about a, a young white guy raised in the Appalachians and ended up, you know, getting, going off to college. He's just telling the story of, of his life. But there's, there's a lot of reason for concern in lower class whites as well. They're, they're the only group in America of, of people whose, whose life expectancy is currently uh, decreasing. Um, so there's very real concern all around. And it's, and it's you know, not to, not to say that... It, the idea isn't that none of us with white skin don't have any problems. It's, it's just that the skin colour doesn't, doesn't make life any more complicated for right. us. And I love the way you said that the first time, and I'm glad you said it again, because I think if we're... If someone were to come to you and say, hey, you know, Pastor Matt, I'm just wrestling with yeah. this. Which, I, which I have all the time. Right. So... People leave our church. Oh, people, people People have left our church... Okay. Over the use of it's 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 a it's a powerful phrase. Over the use of what? The word white privilege. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I was going to say, huh, my encouragement was going to be like, if you feel that wrestle, to me, that's affirmation. Work needs to be done. Yes. 
But I guess people can also look at it the other way and say, oh, nope not ready to work I'm walking I'm going to walk away from this. Yes, and and I think the truth is we can't we can't be part of repairing or reimagining uh, a world that we don't understand. Uh, and part of this process is understanding that repairing on the part of white people part of the solution is is going to be giving something up. Not not just leaping in uh, to save the day. And um that 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 is what's in front of us. We we have a chance to heroically serve and protect because as a mom what I want to do for Stevenson and Stashira I want to protect them because I love them. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to know everybody that we're if we're called to love others. You may be like, "Well, I don't really know any yeah. people of color to protect." Well, that might be an invitation for you to try to grow in that area and find some people to diversify your groups or also who cares if you know any? Like love strangers. Right. Like do what you can to protect right them without them maybe never even knowing. There's some real responsibility in the global village of of loving your neighbor. One of the upsides to globalism is that every everyone is now our neighbor. You literally you're not trying very hard if you can't find someone to befriend who who doesn't doesn't look like you where, wherever you live. And it's a challenge and it'll, t- and it'll take take humility, but I just want to say to your listenership like if if you're starting off on this journey and you and you don't understand everything that's going on right now, like why people might be writing. You know, Dr. King would say, right is the language uh, of, of the unheard. I would just encourage you to make a, a new friend or two this week and just, just ask them about their lives. And, and you'll be amazed at the consistency uh, of, of their stories in how they would answer the question, what's it like to be black? Mm-hmm. They will actually be able to answer that for you. Um, whereas you may, you may be lost on what's it like being white. Yeah. And I think we can probably leave people with that question. It's the very question you were asked. And it was the first time, I assume that was the first time you'd been asked it because you had never thought about it before. Yeah, it was a start of a journey of, of it moving. I love everybody. I really do. And I'm cheering everybody on. But it was a question that moved this from, from my head, being an intellectual exercise, moved it to my heart and started realigning things. I started feeling pain. You've got to be willing to feel pain to engage with this. Yeah. That's, that's part of maturing as a person, uh, allowing the world to access your heart. Indifference isn't a fruit of the spirit, you know? Indifference isn't, I'm sorry, I'm talking Christian here, but it's, it's, the, lang- Don't I, it's the language I know best, <laughs> yeah. that's all. But it's not, you know, in, indifference, this is about patience and, and kindness, protection, you know? I feel like anything that you've said, no matter what faith anybody is that's listening, can be something they can yeah. take in and never apologize for how you deliver something or who you are. And I want to leave listeners with, what has your life been like as white or black? And I hope if of any of my listeners of color that you have the opportunity to share what your life has been like, because that's the only way we're going to know. Well, you and I speak in front of microphones as a, as a major part of our living and, uh, and the responsibility is high. Oh, yours and, is and, way higher. And words <laughs> and words. Oh matter. yeah, I trade lies in a second with you, Amy, for sure. <laughs> words, words matter. I get recognised. People think I'm Bobby Bones all the time. I, <laughs> I got these fancy glasses, he does. and it started. Uh, yes, Pastor Matt has curly hair, which Bobby has when it grows out, and then he has black rim glasses. Oh, my kids! The f- like our first time we took them to church when they got to America a couple years ago. We walked in, and they're like, Bobby. <laughs> 
the, like, no, the confusing bit is my last name Smallbone. So I get stopped in lines and I hear them say, love your work, Bones. And that was my nickname in high school. So it's all very confusing. Oh, and you're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. And they're like, listen Yeah, I didn't know being morning. a pastor made you a rock star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it for a week. Then I realized what was going on. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to share with us kind of what you've, you're working through and then what you're going to lead our community to do because I think it's important and I appreciate it. Love you, Amy. All right, you got to love a place that makes shopping for gifts super easy because heads up, Father's Day is June 16th and Macy's has got you covered. Their ultimate gift guide makes shopping for the dad or the dad figure in your life super easy. You can shop by price, 25 and under, 50 and under, 100 and lux. You can shop by category, like cologne, watches, leather goods. You can even shop by gift lists. Like if your dad loves to grill, then shop for grill master things. If your dad loves to golf, then you can go to the gift list that is for the golfer. I mean, really, Macy's has thought of it all. If you have a tech-savvy dad, voila, Macy's Gift Finder, again, has you covered with that. Top gifts include Beats headphones, JBL portable speakers, Nintendo Switch, and more. Top brands such as Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, Polo Ralph Lauren, Columbia, and more. Really, Macy's has it all, so don't be a last-minute shopper. Father's Day is June 16th. Make sure to check out Macy's.com slash gift finder to find a unique gift they'll love. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like, I want research. I want to know, like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results? Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. From searching online to asking your friends and family, there are a lot of ways to look for jobs. But have you considered finding your next job through a staffing company? Your local Express Employment Professionals team is your one connection to endless job opportunities. With just one application, they can help you find a job at a company that fits your needs. Visit ExpressPros.com. And as always, Express never charges job seekers a fee. Express knows when companies are hiring, offers benefits and competitive pay. And in just one interview, they are prepared to present you to multiple companies who fit your needs. Express Employment Professionals places people in all kinds of jobs, including everything from customer service to warehouse jobs to accounting and IT roles. Let Express help you. And remember, there is never a fee for job seekers. Go to expresspros.com to get started and discover for yourself 
what it's like to have support in your job search. You can also start through the Express Jobs app. Download it today to search jobs, apply, and contact your local Express office. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. Now, the best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in a short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap. Or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style, and they are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Second thing. Okay, so for this thing, I I want my super talented friend, Brittany Spencer, to join us and talk about what it looks like for us to reach out to people of color. And to be totally honest, I don't know Brittany terribly well, but she is in my life and have seen her. She worked at the turnip truck where I get my, my beet juice when I was drinking at a ton. And I got to tell you, nobody made it as good as Brittany. <laughs> and she was just always such a joy when I went in there and then come to find out she was a fan of pimp and joy, which was super pimp cool. And, and she's wearing her hoodie right now. And then you ran into my brother-in-law like at an airport and he rec- he well he didn't know you so he didn't recognize you but he recognized your sweatshirt and saw hey Pip and Joy that's my sister in law <laughs> and so then you hung out with him and then we would see each other I guess again at the store and then I thought oh my gosh like she's so you're stunning inside and out and we were doing the empowered women campaign and I reached out to you and asked hey would you want to take some pictures for this and you were so down and you came right over and it was just super cool. So you're in my mind and obviously with everything going on, I'm thinking of all the different people in my life that are really affected right now. So I have been making it a point to reach out to each person Mm -hmm. and whether I know them super well or whether I know them sort of well. And I love that. I think last night when I called you to just tell you, Hey, I don't understand what you're going through, but I want you to know you're not alone. I was a little nervous to do it. Cause again, I didn't know. It's like, I don't want her to receive this the wrong way. And I'm not trying to just do this for nobody knows that I'm doing this. I'm, I'm really just trying to connect with her yeah. on this. Cause it's important. And you were so gracious and kind. And I know that I need to be more intentional about the relationships I have, especially with two black children. Like why I haven't been more proactive about making sure that I have more diverse relationships is on me. And so I've always felt a really easy connection with you, but never taken it to the next level. And I have other friends that I've lost touch with that now maybe this will bring us back together because for whatever reason, 
we lost touch. But it's important, I think, for people to evaluate and assess who's in my life. Like, yeah. how if I'm really confused and what's going on in the world right now, maybe it's because I'm not talking to some of the right people that are really feeling the hurt and the pain and that have been feeling it for years yeah, and years and years and years. This is not new, but it is something about this time around is different and I'm here for it. Yeah. And I want you to share with people. And then of course I got your permission to share our conversation, but I want you to share with people what you told me last night when I reached out, you said you had another friend that reached out to you as well and kind of made an assumption. Just like a, a handful of my, my white friends had reached out to me just during the time of, of the Nashville rally and the protests and just reaching out, just kind of like what you did, just saying, hey, just um, just reaching out, just letting you know I stand with you. I don't, I don't get it all the time and I will never understand what it is that you experience or may face. He assumed that like it was a lot of people and I just thought it's actually not a lot of people who've reached out to me and I'm, I don't, I'm not looking for a whole lot of people to reach out to me. The ones that do, I'm so grateful for those that have reached out and just said, hey, just checking in, just, you know, how can I be there? How can I be a part? Because sometimes those conversations lead to this conversation we're having now. And it's not necessarily resulting in, in a public conversation, but it's just an ongoing conversation, which I think is always the goal. And I just thought, and I said, man, the, the most significant thing that any of my white friends can do is talk to their white friends, talk to their family members. I think uh, sometimes race can be so hard for white people to talk about, but if we just, if, if, if white people just kind of talked about it more and actually had the hard conversations and advocated more in the rooms that I'll never probably be privy to and the conversations that people won't have because they don't want to say it while while a black woman is there, you know? They don't want to say it while a black person is there. But I'm not privy to those conversations. Those are the times to stand up the most. So when I talk to my white friends, I'm always saying, hey, you, you have you have a task. And the task is, uh, is, 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 make, is checking in with your black friends when something happens like this, because it really is traumatic. When I heard about George Floyd, it was traumatic. When I watched the video, and, and many black people haven't watched the video, and that's a whole other separate issue, and whether or not, you know, do we keep reliving the trauma of watching black people, black bodies lie on the ground and die or get killed? Um, the video of Ahmaud Arbery is traumatic. Eric Garner, traumatic. And you just we just replay that stuff in our heads. It's not that it's just such a sad thing. We see in the context of that could be me. That could be my brother. We see the history of all of this. We see hundreds of years of just disregard for black life. Mm. So it's, it's not just a video, but the most important thing a white person can do is talk to their white friends. And I think too, just to make sure, I, I wanted you to bring up that one of your friends assumed you were getting Oh yeah. Several messages. And again, yeah. you're not looking for tons of messages, but yeah. I want to be careful for everybody listening to maybe not use that as one of your excuses. Cause I feel like that's a thing we may have in our head is like, Oh, I'm sure they've already gotten messages. Like I don't need to do it. Right. Or I'm sure they're getting bombarded right now. Like it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to speak up, but mm -hmm. that's a lie. Whether they're getting tons of messages or not, it doesn't matter. You still should speak up and make sure right. that they know that you're with them. I even had my best friend from high school sent me a text message today 
I'm white, obviously, but my kids are not. And she sent me a note. I'm pulling it up. And we had a, a good conversation the other day, but this stuff didn't come up. So that's why she starts it off by saying, by the way, because I feel like she, she was like, okay, I need to say this to her. She said, I stand with your children. I stand with you. Black lives matter. Your children matter. We didn't get to talk much about this, but I'm here for you. I'm on this journey and have been for some time. Stashir and Stevenson are beautiful black children and they matter. And so she took the time as my friend to make sure just to recognize, I mean, I don't, I don't, just like you, I didn't need that from her, but it's like, oh, awesome. She recognizes my children matter. And, you know, when it comes to the black lives matter versus all lives matter, yeah. Share with me how it makes you feel when people try to disregard the Black Lives Matter because they're on the defense that, whoa, 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 all lives matter. It feels like cheap avoidance. That's what it feels like. It feels like an easy way to dismiss an issue, to absolve yourself from it. It feels like there's no problem here. We all matter. It feels like a refusal to share space and to recognize that there is inequality, that there is a, a, just a huge level of unfairness that has, that has always been at the, at the, man, just always been present in, 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 in the country that we live in. And so it's, it's when I hear, when I hear all lives matter, it sounds like, well, everyone's life matters and the fact that you think that your life isn't as valued as mine that's something that you need to work out but what we've decided is that all lives matter and it's just it, it's it's a dismissal mm -hmm. the genius and the evil of of white privilege is that it keeps people not understanding each other it keeps people from not being empathetic so so uh while i'm struggling white people have no idea I was explaining to, to one of my friends the other day, like just one of my white friends, I love her. We talk all the time and we've been friends for years, but we talked about beauty standards. And that's what I say. Yeah, you know, growing up, there weren't people that looked like me in magazines. There weren't people that looked like me on TV screens. And, and when I did see someone that was black, sometimes it was always the lighter skinned people. And, and she literally said, I never thought about that. She never once thought about how her culture is represented through society, through through media, through art, through images, through through anything, because it's always there. And that standard always said, this is the societal standard. This is what beauty looks like. This is what being right looks like. This is what a good life looks like. This is, this is what it looks like when you are this kind of person. And that's the genius and the evil of privilege is that it keeps an entire group of people completely disassociated from the harmful and tragic realities of people of color right and so when we say black lives matter people who say no all lives matter they don't understand what's happening on the other side yeah i saw an analogy on instagram or somewhere and i know there's several analogies out there but i'll just paraphrase this one real quick talked about how if your neighbor's house was on fire and your house was not and you went out to your porch and you saw the firefighters yeah putting out the fire at your neighbor's house, but you were like, yo, excuse me, my house matters too. Yeah. And you're trying to get the firefighters to come tend to your house that is not on fire right now. Yeah. Uh, you would never do that. You mm -hmm. would be like, oh, wow. Yeah. That house matters in this mm -hmm. situation. This house matters. It's deeply rooted in, in so much of what we do in society. And 
um, and how we viewed the opportunities that we're giving, the access that we're granted. It's hard because today systemic racism is, is everywhere. It's infiltrated everywhere. And, and trying to explain that sometimes is, I think, for me at least, very challenging to some of my white friends. But I always tell them there's Google. There's so many books. We can absolutely have conversations. And sometimes those conversations look like, hey, what was it like for you growing up in this school? I remember you told me that you grew up in a place where your family was the only black family in that neighborhood. What was that like? Just asking really practical questions sometimes is really helpful. Just finding ways to to be empathetic and to step outside of your shoes and recognize that someone else has a life. Someone else doesn't feel like they are valued or that they matter. They don't feel like there's always space made for them. Stepping outside of yourself and recognizing that other people deserve a turn. Other people deserve equality. Other people deserve fairness. When a black person says they will pull, when they get pulled over, they fear for their life. That's not something to overlook. No, I've had three weird encounters when I've been pulled over and it's terrifying. I'm sitting here listening to you and I literally, I, I've been pulled over since I was 16. Well, you know, a good amount of times. Mm -hmm. And I have never once feared for my life. I literally cannot relate to that at all whatsoever. So boom, perfect example of privilege right there without me ever even thinking about it until right mm -hmm. now as I'm talking with you. Yeah. All those times, that was my privilege. The, yeah. the, the fear I didn't, the, the, what I was scared was, are you going to, how am I going to pay the ticket? Is my dad going to get mad at me? That was my fear. It wasn't what's going to happen to me or am I going to mm -hmm. get hurt? Am I going to go to jail for no reason? Am I going, mm -hmm. and it's not all, please hear me, please, please listeners hear this with an open mind and a heart. We're giving examples. We're not saying that all police are this way and every circumstance is this way. We're talking about the fear that people have given what has happened to others. And when you, who I don't care if it's happened to one person or 500 people. If you're someone that knows it's happened to someone because of their color of your skin and you happen to have that color of skin, you're going to be scared that it could happen to you. Absolutely. My dad was a correction officer for, I think, almost 25 years before he retired. And my my like personal awakening to 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 anything involving justice or social justice or or really the fear of, of being black. For me, that was when Trayvon Martin happened. And I went to my dad and I asked him questions. And then I think a few years later, Mike Brown happened. I went back to my dad. I was like, Dad, it was an officer this time. How do you feel? And we have we had those conversations. And he told me how he felt. He told me how disgusted he was. He talked about his perspective as, as someone who retired working in law enforcement. He talked from his perspective as a dad. All of my, my siblings, they all live, I mean, we all live in different places. I'm the only one that lives in Tennessee and I live the furthest away from home. For me, home is, is Baltimore, Maryland, which is a predominantly black city. Moving to Tennessee scared the crap out of my family. They asked me, why don't you move to Atlanta? <laughs> And I said, I don't want to go to Atlanta, Daddy. I, I write country music. I want to go to Nashville. And he fears for me all the time. Every single phone call, my dad tells me a few things. He always says uh, something like, make sure you put your seatbelt on or something like that. And then he he goes on to like just give me like tips about like if I'm, in, if I'm ever in danger. My family is terrified. 
when I told them, when I told my mom and sister that I was going to the protest on Saturday, they were terrified. And the first thing they said is, you live in Tennessee. You live in the South. That's a reality for my family. That is an absolute reality. And I'm not an isolated incident. You didn't know any of these things about me. We never talked about it. So you, you didn't know that I was going to bring all this stuff up. So it's not a, a prepared thing. That This is a, a real thing for people that look like me. And even if you haven't, even for people who look like me, people who are black, people who are brown, people who, even if you haven't experienced an injustice, you carry that fear because you always, we always feel like people that look like us are targeted or that we're such an easy target to just, to just disregard, to not care about. We don't matter as much. We're constantly just reminded of that. And now when we, when we talk about the media, well, the media, for, for, the, for so many of us, the media is just real people. It's a person with a camera phone who just so happened to have their phone out at the time something terrible was happening. Or they intentionally caught something on film. That, that's, that's the, for me as a, a millennial, that's, that's our news a lot of times. It's just firsthand testimonies of saying, hey, I saw this crazy thing today. Look at this. And when you see those images, you don't see just George Floyd. You don't just see Ahmaud Aubrey. You see yourself, you see your children, you see your family members, your friends, you see anybody that's within close proximity to you and you take that burden and it's just traumatic. And we walk around thinking, this could be my last day. Something really terrible can happen. I appreciate you opening up and sharing with me, with us, and I just hope that others will take that time and that we learn from this, that we need to take the time to hear people out and try to understand and realize, yes, like this is what Black Lives Matters is all about. Yeah. And I think if you have some real conversations with people, like we are yeah. with Brittany right now, you should, you'll get it. I mean, it's good, and you'll have to continue to learn, continue to follow certain accounts on Instagram, maybe even unfollow. <laughs> what books can you download? What things can you be Googling to read? And I just feel like it's so important right now. But since Brittany was on to just be about the friend thing, I would say, gosh, it's just as simple as reaching out to someone yeah. that's in your life that you know may need to hear from you and hear you say, hey, you matter. Mm-hmm simple as that it's two words mm -hmm. and actually hear them when they tell you why they feel like they don't matter mm. not with defensiveness not with something that we heard while stuck in an algorithm but just truly hear the the testimonies of people that we say we love and we care about we can't love people and then decide well I don't have to deal with that part of you we disagree no this this is a real a very real thing when someone's fearful for their life that's, that's a very real thing and we can't disregard that. We were talking last night about Be the Change yeah. because I had Stevenson write Be the Change and mm -hmm. we thought, well, his this could look cute on a shirt. Stashira did the Empowered Women's shirt with her handwriting and she loved it and I felt like Stevenson was a little left out and I mm -hmm. thought, okay, buddy, step up to the plate. <laughs> it's your turn. Be the change. So he worked so hard and his handwriting's so great and he's only nine years old. And, you know, I wanted to make sure and run by Brittany that the shop forward was going to put up these shirts, be the change in different skin tones from dark to light. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to 
make sure that the messaging was okay, our hearts are in the right place, and that we knew it would be predominantly for, for white people to wear. I sent Brittany the mock-up. Very, very, very cute shirt. But you said, I love this. The colors work so well together. The font really gives a beautiful meaning to the message. It's childlike and innocent. Feels like the font communicates that empathy and acceptance. It doesn't have to be so complicated. And that was encouraging to hear. So I love that you're putting so much thought into this. I really do. Well, it's important. I know that a lot of my listeners are white and a lot of the people that shop at the Shop Forward or Shop Espoir are white. And I want them to join us in this yeah. effort to, to mm-hmm. be part of the change and to be the yeah. change. And so, yeah, we'll see, you know, how it's received. But yeah. I think it could do well and make make a big difference for those out there that are on the front lines of this and have been for a long, long time. Yeah. And I just appreciate you coming on to talk with us and and singing at the beginning. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I really I love what you're doing. I think it's um I think it's bold. I'm just I'm grateful that you're doing it. I'm I'm grateful to know somebody that is putting in the work and journeying through because this is truly a journey. You know, when we talk about be the change, it really is a journey. You don't just wake up and you're changed. Right. It's just constantly working at something until we hopefully get it right. Even with Pimp and Joy and Empowered Women, we like to create shirts that people can put on and it's a conversation starter. Yeah. But also a reminder to the person wearing it. Oh yeah, I need to be the change. Who can I reach out to today? Who can I say hi to today? Who can I check on today? What can I read today to educate myself? What can I post today to encourage others? Can I talk to some of my other white friends today? When I'm wearing this shirt, is another white friend going to ask me, what's that shirt about? And then, yeah, that'll give me an opportunity to talk to them about what's been going on in the news lately. Like, that's what we hope to be the change is is for. So can you tell people, Brittany, where they can find your your music? Yes, you guys can find all my little songs on Spotify and uh, all the, the, the the iTunes and Apples, all those things. Uh, my name is Brittany. B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y Spencer. S-P-E-N-C-E-R. Yeah. That's on everything. Yeah. She's at Brittany Spencer on Instagram, but then yeah, to find her music, she's there. So at least follow her and then you'll start seeing some of the music stuff she posts and you're gonna be like, okay, okay, I get it. Like she's, <laughs> she's a star. Oh, you're too kind, Amy. Thank you so much. I'll see you very soon. All right. See ya. Okay, Dr. Tatum, super excited to have you here with us for this important time and conversation. And with that, a conversation seems to be something that is a word I I have over and over of, I need to be having conversations with my kids. I need to be having conversations with my friends. So I would like to hear from you. How do we start these conversations? When white people are talking to their white friends, often it is not a topic they're talking about very much, Um, except when something like what's happening right now, you know, they've seen George Floyd's murder on the news, um, the protests are happening. It's hard not to be talking about these questions. What I find is that many of my white students over the years in the places where I've taught and many of the people who come to my workshops have lived a long time without much practice. 
at having these conversations. And so when they do want to have the conversations, it feels very awkward, in part because they've grown up thinking, I'm not supposed to mention race. I'm not supposed to notice race. And so it almost feels like you're breaking a societal rule. Many people tell me that that's how they sometimes feel. And they worry very much that they might say or do the wrong thing, that it might be perceived by someone else as saying something racially prejudiced, or you know, they might just make some mistakes that cause awkwardness in a conversation. That's especially true if they're talking to a person of color. But even if it's a white person talking to another white person, there may be fear about that. But it's not hard to start a conversation to simply say, I've been watching the news. It's very upsetting to me. I wonder how you feel about what you're seeing. Kids, things are going to be different depending on their age and what information they can handle. But I could see how, yeah, that could be an easy way to just see where someone is in their thoughts and then breaking that, what we were raised with, which is the silence. I think yes. you're right. You know, when we have, were told so long, you know, just be kind to people, don't have hate in your heart, don't see color. People meant well, but actually that's what we need to unlearn. Yes, I sometimes use as an example a conversation with a preschooler. Let's imagine there's a white parent with a white child and they're in a grocery store. And maybe they live in a largely white community, so it's unusual to encounter a person of color. And so let's imagine this three-year-old is in the grocery store with mom and spots a dark-skinned person. That child might, out of curiosity, say, Mom, look at that person. Why is their skin so dark? And you can imagine that that mom or dad might be embarrassed in that moment. And the response might be to say, shh, you know, and not to answer the question, but simply to silence the child in what feels like an awkward moment. But the message to the child is, we're not supposed to notice, we're not supposed to talk about this, there's something wrong with what I just said. We could imagine a different kind of scenario, same scenario, but a different kind of response, where maybe the parent would say, Oh, because people come in different colors. Just like people have different hair color or eye color, they have different skin color and move on. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but there's so much historical reluctance to it because of the legacy of racism in our society. It feels like a very toxic subject and many people respond by simply trying to hush the conversation rather than engage it. I've been consuming so much information lately, just trying to take in as much as I can because I've realized, okay, I have a platform, but even if you don't have a platform, you still need to speak up. You're using your platform and it's a wonderful thing that you are, but to your listeners, everybody has a platform of some kind. We all have a sphere of influence. And so some people's sphere is very big, some it's more, you know, it's smaller. But we all influence other people, and, and each of us can think about how am I using my sphere of influence to bring about change. What are the next steps on where we can go from here if people are wanting to do more? Well, especially for listeners who feel like they don't know enough, certainly working to educate yourself is an important first step. And as you said, there are lots of resources, many more today than there were in the past, good books that people can read, articles, things online, social justice, education websites, books, uh, multicultural and uh, books that 
are really useful to read with kids. As you said, parents are often busy, but even busy parents sometimes will sit down and read a book with a young child, and there are lots of them that are really helpful. And if people are wondering, well, how would I know which ones are good? There's a great website called socialjusticebooks.org, which can give you lots of good suggestions. Educating oneself. Unfortunately, many people don't really have a good knowledge base about the history of racism in our society. We, of course, all have heard about slavery. But if, we, if that's all we know, we're missing a lot of information. And so even contemporary, there's some great books about current events. One of my favorites that I'm recommending right now is not only mine, but How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. Mm -hmm. It's a great one. Or another one is White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. But these are places where people can start to think about what have my own experiences been and how have they shaped how I view the world and what can I do differently? Gathering with other people to have those conversations can be really helpful. And someone might say, well, I live in an all-white community. You know, I, I want to talk to people of color. Well, there's value in that, of course, but let's not minimize the benefit that comes from talking to other white people who are helping to educate each other in this journey. Well, I just appreciate you taking the time to come on with me so much. When I heard you were going to join us, I was like, oh, really? And I even <laughs> messaged some friends that I knew were reading your book and they were geeking out. So <laughs> pretty cool to have you on. So I just well, thanks I, for the invitation. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. I'm sure you're very busy right now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Indeed. Good. Indeed. Yeah. Well, thank okay. you for your, for your courage. Thank you so much for all you do. Bye. Bye-bye. Before I get into the fourth thing, which is going to be some self-care tips or ways for you to be mindful about creating space and relaxing so you're not all emotionally frazzled because then you're not going to be able to handle everything that's happening in the world and all this new information that you might be taking in. And I just want to say that it's not lost on me that the first three things, some of the things that were said may not sit well with some of you, and that's okay. I'm open to hear what you have to say. We're, we're open to discussion and conversation, and you can feel free to reach out to my pastor. He's super amazing, very smart and kind. On Instagram, he's at Matt Smallbone. And then my friend Brittany, she's at Brittany Spencer. I hope you follow her. If you've got questions for her, you can ask. You can check out some of her music. And then with Dr. Beverly Tatum, she's not on Instagram, to my knowledge, but she has so many great resources. Start with her TEDx talk that's free on YouTube or go ahead and download her book. But she is super knowledgeable. And again, the depending on where you are in your journey, today's episode may or may not have been a lot of information. I don't know. And you may be asking yourself, okay, well, what can I do? I don't know where to start. But I do feel like each person today shared some good ways for you to start. Also, I know with Brittany, I brought up the, the Be The Change shirts. And at the time that I recorded with her, I didn't know a lot of the info for those of like what exactly we were doing, what we were going to make. Again, I feel like everyone's just been trying to figure out and be super thoughtful about it and not rush things along. 
but we're finally ready. Uh, the Shot Forward launched what the plan is. And uh, Stevenson did the artwork for these sh- Be the Change shirts, but that's not the only shirt option available. There's also a You Are Worthy and the ink on those, there's multiple colors that range from dark, dark brown to pale, pale pink, representing all the different skin tones. So there's Be the Change, You Are Worthy, and then these super cute white ones with tie-dye like letters that say love one another. And we've got stuff for adults and kids. And the Shot Forward even has some love is greater than hate stuff. And it's all part of the Shot Forward Ally Fund. And all proceeds from each item are going to organizations that are fighting racial injustice in all forms. So that might be a place where you can begin where you can buy a shirt that you can put on every day and be a reminder to yourself of of how you want to be and what you need to do to contribute to what's happening right now. But you don't have to do that. That's just an option. I just want y'all to go check it out. TheShopFord.com. And then you can click on the Ally Fund. It's right next to Father's Day and click on Ally Fund. And I'm so proud of Stevenson. His little handwriting is so cute. He did such a great job. Uh, So that is one way you can help. But there are tons of other ways that cost no money where you can be the change. So my friend Lisa, who I did the Outweigh series with here on the podcast about disordered eating, she is at the Wellness Necessities on Instagram. And she sends out a newsletter to her Fork the Noise community about every week. And It's always full of great information. I love her newsletters. They're amazing and thorough. And she's so careful with her words. That's one thing I appreciate about her so much. And at the end of the newsletter, she had had this written in all caps. We cannot be both our best selves and emotionally frazzled at the same time. So she urged us, please, in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, do not forget to make time and space for you. She reminded us that it's not selfish and it's how we will win. And then she concluded with some mindfulness tips that you can take into account during this time. And for me, I want to share them with you as you roll into the weekend, just to make sure you take some time for self-care. So this is what Lisa put, get outside. Go for a walk, a run, whatever it is that allows your body to connect with nature. Be intentional with media. Allow yourself a certain amount of screen time and consume media from voices you do not necessarily always agree with. Allow for time to decompress. Consume mindless television that isn't the news. That's where I would suggest maybe Billions or Real Housewives of Orange County, of Beverly Hills, of New York, something like that. Makes, but this is me talking, by the way, not Lisa's email. Now I'm back to the email. Make space for joy. Yes, joy, because joyful activities purely for you will allow your brain to better process the realities. Breathe. Notice when your breath gets short and carve out a few minutes of the day to focus on long, drawn-out breaths. This regulates the central nervous system. Body scan. Scan your body for tension. Now's a good time to maybe check your shoulders. Bring them up to your ears and then let them drop. And then let your stomach unclench and take up some space. Shake out your hands, your feet, your arms, your legs, even your jaw. Put down the phone. Leave it behind if you're doing household chores or you're eating meals or while you're out in nature. See if you can monotask. 
You can just focus on that one thing without being distracted by your phone. Your mornings matter. So the first thing you do in the morning matters. If you can avoid the news, the email, the phone, all the noise, please do this. This can look like lying in bed for five extra minutes just staring at the ceiling. And then have good bedtime hygiene. What we do in the hours leading up to bed really plays a role in the quality of our sleep. Avoid the cell phone as much as you can. Try a gratitude journal or just a blank journal in general or a fiction book. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we have a four things gratitude journal, which is really easy and a great thing to do before bed, but you don't even have to have our journal to do it. But if you want one, those are available But if you get a blank journal, you could just, if you're intimidated by it, just start with four things just like we do in ours. Radioamy.com is where you can find that stuff. But I mean, it's also up on the shop for it as well if you're there for Be the Change stuff. And again, all the proceeds from the Ally Fund are going directly to organizations that are fighting the racial injustice like the Conscious Kid, Be the Bridge, George Floyd Memorial Fund, NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Loveland Foundation. I'll just leave you with this quote from Angela Davis. It is not enough to be non-racist. We must be anti-racist. And let's all just be open to continuing to be willing to, to listen, to learn, and stand up against systemic racism because we need to be the change. All right, this sun season, evolve your sun care with new Banana Boat 360 coverage. With Advanced Control Mist, it's a new way to spray. It's an all-new bottle for an all-new mist experience that smells great and is incredibly light on your skin. You can even customize your spray. Like, to cover targeted areas, you just tap the trigger lightly, or you can pull the trigger fully for a long, continuous spray, ensuring long-lasting Banana Boat protection. Plus, it's refillable. From sweat-resistant sport formula to kids' SPF 50+, this is sun care that'll come in handy when my kids are swimming, playing sports, when I'm hiking, when we're out at the lake, or whatever it is that we're doing outdoors. Shop Banana Boat 360 Mist at Walmart, Target, or Amazon. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. 
Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.